going to be a double episode week. Why? Well, the Childerberg episode was uh, was phenomenal, but then I came back and I was like, I got a week's worth of uh, stupid nonsense that I want to share with you. And after all of the insights that both Carr and Bird had for us, um, the utmost of intellects in the liberty movement and everything that they knew about Epstein that I didn't and all the insights that they had about Corona and the other things that took place in the world this past year, that was no pay- place for my stupidity and nonsense. That was a... Uh, with the insights that they were throwing at us, I didn't want to belittle their intellect by talking my stupidity. And now, you know, I'm back uh, with nothing to do with my time, so I figured it's going to be a double episode week. So I hope you guys are ready for two episodes. But you know what you have to do before I get into this week's episode? I think you do. I think you already know what I'm about to say. You got to go to theblackcaptain.com. You got to spend 20 of your hard-earned dollars. They weren't even that hard-earned. Let's be honest with inflation. What's 20 bucks these days anyways? And most of you, you haven't left the house. You're not going on dates. You probably got a couple unemployment checks. $20 is literally nothing, and that's all it's going to take to listen to three hours of an unbelievable space-scripted comedy done by myself and my friend Menu and Heart that will also help me purchase a car door uh, that needs to be purchased in the state of Seattle. So please go to theblackcaptain.com and listen to The Black Captain. Also send me an email, robsnewsroom.gmail.com. Let me know what you think of it. I think it's uh, pretty cool and I hope to do more of them. It's kind of fun writing scripts. Uh, first thing I want to get into is I'm noticing that whatever apps you're using on your phone, they're getting a little bit creepier. Like the amount of stuff that they need you Like, if you want to play, uh, like, fish in a pond, all of a sudden they need your social security number, they're going to have to get your thumbprint into the system, Uh, they're going to have to know uh, your driver's license thing, your penis measurements, they need all the information about your life. Here's what happens to me. I got logged out of Instagram, and first they logged me out of Instagram, and what, they they need your phone number to log in, because they want to know your phone number, but then they did the creepiest shit I've ever seen of any app ever. They wanted a picture of my face from all three angles. You know why? So that they can permanently log your face for facial recognition software. Let's call a spade a spade. That's how they identified all those people that walked into the Capitol building. They used a lot of resources. They're just able to flag your face against your profile, which has your name on it. And then all of a sudden, wherever the fuck you go, at any point in time, boom, they got your face from all three angles. And it was like even creepy the way that you had to do it within the design. You had to like, so I saw that and I was like, I'm done. I'm done with Instagram. But then Sid put his face in there. So now I'm good to commit whatever crimes I want because whatever I do, it's actually just going to go back to, uh, or maybe if Sid commits a crime, they're going to come to me because my face is in there. Maybe that doesn't work out well for me. Maybe I actually want my face on more people's things so that they can get in trouble if I do something. The whole creepy, you know, government following us and tracking everything we're doing is, uh, I guess it's hard to predict how you get your friends in trouble and, instead of you. I'm going to have to think this through some more, but anyways, Sid Floyd was nice enough to volunteer his face for the facial recognition software of um, Instagram, and now I got a biker gang of kids on bikes coming right at me. I would love to fight 10 kids on bikes. I feel like I could take down six of them before one of them kicked me in the nuts and then another one finally figured out that they just have to go for my legs. 
But I feel like at least six of them, but, and especially if they're on bikes, because if they're on bikes, you can throw a couple of them over. It takes them a minute to have to get up from the bikes. You can squash them. Like, you can just kick them while they're down, you know, like stomp boot right into the head, which, by the way, you do that on the soft spot of, like, the temple. You might just crush their head on the spot. They're not getting back up from that. But you know what? I think they heard me screaming about how I was going to kick their ass from the car, so they went on their merry way. And someone should tell them to wear helmets. I mean, if I got to kick the ass of four kids on bikes so that they know that they should be wearing helmets in the future. I'll do it. When I was a kid, you had to wear a helmet. And then uh, even when you fell into car doors, you were okay. Someone should teach these kids something. Moving on, uh, I want to tell you something that's going to scare you, and I'm going to put it right into the episode description. A couple weeks ago, I had Sam Parker on the show. And Sam Parker is uh, absolutely one of my favorite guests. He's a really insightful guy. He seems to have a handle on everything and an interesting perspective on everything. He made a claim on the podcast, which sounded a little bit too out there for me, uh, which was that apparently in the initial trial studies of uh, animals when they used mRNA vaccines, uh, I think the terminology that he used, but you'd have to go back to that episode, I don't want to put words in his mouth, is that the trials led to widespread death. And when he said that, at first I just kind of flagged it with like, eh, I think he just pushed it too far. Uh, And the reason I thought he had pushed it too far is that for one, I thought, you know, they can sneak things by us, but I couldn't really believe that there was a possibility that if the uh, trials in animals didn't go well, that they would like move forward with bypassing you know human trials and just getting it out there. It just seemed like too much of a claim, and it also sounded like something that if that information existed, it seemed weird to me that there would be no reporting on it whatsoever. Uh, so I did hit him up afterwards because I asked a couple of the uh, other experts in the medical field that have appeared on this show before if they could um if they knew anything about that claim they said that they couldn't find any information on it i did some of my own googling and i wasn't really coming across any sources that struck me the problem with medical journals is that you can present a bullshit medical journal to me or like whatever is the most relied upon medical journal it, it it's both chinese to me we're talking about things that are outside of my expertise and when it comes to i guess arguments i can kind of read an argument and tell you hey this is a bullshit argument and here's why this logic doesn't hold up if you're presenting to me the uh the, the the study results of something with ferrets i have no way of interpreting that and and if i'm looking at the numbers i don't know what i'm looking at if i'm lo- like i just i i don't know one thing from another take a look at it so i did reach back out to sam and i asked him for his sources uh, and he sent me a list of about eight sources which i then sent over to some other people to validate and Here's what I can say with certainty, and then here's where I'm asking you. I'm going to link these sources into the episode description. If you're one of these people with an actual medical expertise, please take a look at them. Email me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, what I can say is that the claim, at a minimum, is is accurate that there were claim that there were studies with ferrets, and I think it was mice, in which the mRNA vaccine... Uh, led to inflammation and to um, other health complications when the uh, test subjects were reintroduced to uh, variants of the virus at a later point in date. 
Now, here's where I can't, I, I can't, I, I'm not 100% certain. I don't know if there's 100 other studies that they did that it worked out fine. I don't know if these are the exact mRNA vaccines that we're, that we're personally taking. I don't know the dates on these things. There's a lot of things I can't validate for you because at the end of the day, I'm kind of stupid. I'm not totally stupid. I'm kind of stupid, and I'm honest enough to tell you that this is outside the scope of my expertise, but it is one of the most anti-vaccine arguments I've heard to date, and I think uh, it's important for all of us and it's the philosophy of the show which i've stated before i'm more putting out things in question forms that we can all kind of do our own analysis and you know become smarter together more informed together or just you know laugh at the fact that no one is really giving us real information and that existence and life is weird so anyways Please go into the episode description if you've got any expertise when it comes to this stuff. Email me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. If you read it, you really understand it, you want to get on next week's episode and tell us about it, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Like I said, I don't want to do a ton more talking about the vaccines because I think we've thoroughly trashed them. I don't know how many more arguments we have to make against them, and I do think that the topic's a little bit boring. I will say that some of the information, and it seems like the best website, uh, is actually a government website, NCBI. Uh, .gov, but go check that out in the episode description. The other thing is, if you have a particular expertise in this field, um, I don't know if you guys checked out when I did my uh, Rob's Newsroom end of year thing, but I want to do a uh, like a seven to ten minute piece. I'm, I'm working on like a five minute chunk of jokes about the uh, vaccines and. I want to do something in that slideshow style specifically about Fauci. And so I'm starting to do a little bit of research on uh, the relationship between, I think it's the NIH and the pharmaceutical companies, some of the conflicts of interest, the way that they are able to profit off of government investments into some of these viruses while they own patents. It's an interesting world of which at the moment I know nothing about. All that I've been able to say about Fauci thus far is I know the guy's lying to me, and it seems to me like he's basically a sales representative for the pharmaceutical companies, and I don't have a full understanding of the relationship. But now that those emails have come out, I just feel a little bit more validated in my analysis from the outset of this that that guy strikes me like he is a liar, and he does not have the public interest at heart, and that he is like the core of, you know, deep state government representing pharmaceutical companies. So... I'm going to start researching that topic, and once again, I don't like doing work, so if you're out there and you want to do this homework for me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I'd love to collaborate with some actual uh, smart people who maybe are better at doing research, specifically in the medical field, and uh, maybe I can turn it funny and change some people's minds. While I'm on the topic of Fauci, firstly, when it comes to the emails, I'm not going to talk about that at all here because we just did... A long part of the problem that I think covered everything, part of the problem does not need my plug, but if for some reason you're not regularly listening to that show, but you do listen to Run Your Mouth, I don't think that there's any more that needs to be said about those emails. We did a fairly thorough coverage of uh, all the little things in there that seem to be flagrant. There's more information coming out, and I'm sure on Friday's episode we're going to get into more of that. I will say I would like to put together the march uh, to hang Fauci. Uh, and just to be clear, I'm not saying that by rule of mob we should hang Fauci. I actually think that we should do the march to hang Fauci where we lobby government to change the law that specifically if someone in government does something such a flagrant abuse of power where it's like beyond treason, where they're torturing kids in the names of pharmaceutical profits. I threw that. I took that out of my ass. I'm part of the problem. It's a pretty good line. I'm going to Alex Jones it right now again so you can feel the intensity of it. A man who tortured kids for the sake of pharmaceutical profits. I could probably come up with some other good ones, some other good slogans for this march. No, but I think government needs to enact a new law 
that if you're like a governor and you've got water that you say is fine, but it's actually got hazardous chemicals in it, or if you lie about needing to wear a mask when you don't need to wear a mask, you lie about the risks of things, you force down people's uh, governments. If if you abuse your power in such an incredible way, such as, uh, you know, lying to us about having, you know, funded gain-of-function research, which maybe there's a good tension for gain-of-function research, but you guys were just wrong because you were trying to, uh, you know, prevent world pandemics, but you ended up causing one. People make mistakes. I make them all the time. That's why I try not to take on important work. I'm smart enough to know that I should avoid real responsibility. And that's on you. That's where the whole confidence thing is wrong. Because we're telling dumbasses that they should have some confidence. And then they go to medical school. They realize that they're not good at it. But they do realize, hey, I'm pretty good at lying. So then they end up just taking the government position. And then they just have more and more people that they're responsible to. They got to lie bigger and bigger. And that's why don't have confidence. No one should have confidence. Actually be good at things and then recognize that you're good at things and then just commit to, Hey, here's what I actually can do. That that's like the better model for life. We got to stop with this whole confidence thing. Cause I, uh, I think that's what's getting people into trouble. I think we're telling people that they should do things above their skill set. Uh, and they're too dumb to realize that they are dumb. And then you end up with world pandemics. And anyways, back to what I was trying to say, I was trying to say that we should hang Fauci, but I'm not saying that by rule of mob, we should show up to his house and pull him out and hang him in the street. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we should get the millions of people to march on Washington and express to them that in order for this to be a just society, we need to have that if government officials flagrantly abuse their powers in ways that rob people of their businesses or rob people of their lives. I mean, we all went through a fucking weird ass year and it's in part because of Fauci's lies and errors. And there should be significant accountability for that to ensure that it doesn't happen again. This is more egregious, in my opinion, than serial rapist or serial murder. Like this is as bad as it gets um, just in terms of the sheer number of people that were affected and it's easy for us to kind of go well it's a government you know what i mean even us as the red-pilled people to kind of take the perspective of this is a guy and he was doing his job and he didn't mean to harm people like you can kind of look at him as being a part of the apparatus and so that's not so flagrant i think it is really flagrant i think if there's any concept for uh for punishing people as a prevention for other people repeating these behaviors Uh, This is the most flagrant thing that any individual can do to other human beings is abuse their government power in order to profit and create harm for other individuals. There should be significant repercussions. This shouldn't be a slap on the wrist kind of thing. There shouldn't be a, hey, you got it wrong. And maybe we need more evidence of the fact that he was blatantly lying to us before we actually pull him up and hang him. Uh, But I'm just saying there should be a swift process for actual justice on behalf of every American who suffered this past year because of the guidance of Anthony Fauci. And that's why I would like to uh, do the march to hang Fauci. Uh, And if any of you guys are out there and you want to join me, maybe we can actually, I'm not that good at the internet, as you can see from my efforts to sell Black Captain and join this show. I think there's other people like like a Laura Lunar who will slap herself to a... to the doors of whatever and then just get ignored while she looks like a person who just needs to use the bathroom. Uh, So maybe that's not the best strategy, but maybe we can get this going. The March to Hang Fauci. Maybe we can just get t-shirts made up and we can pretend like that event actually happened and you walk down and you're like, wait, was there actually a March to Hang Fauci? You'd be like, yeah, yeah, there was totally and I was there. All right, so let's talk Summer Porch Tour. It's our biggest one yet. First, starting with Philly and Maryland. 
July 4th work weekend. July 3rd, we are going to be in Philly. And then July 4th, we're going to be in Max's Backyard in Maryland. Both shows were an absolute thrill last year. Uh, some people came for the whole, they came for both shows, and they both had a great time. So show up, and uh, that lineup is going to be myself, BK Chris, Menu and Heart, and the Shedcast Boys. It will be comedy and live music and good times. Uh, you just go to RobbieTheFire.com. I have show dates up on my website. It's all linked to the Inventbrite. It's pay whatever you want. Show up. Bring your own beer. There's no venue to deal with. This is an entirely fan-on-fan operation. Fans are hosting it. I'm showing up to hang out. You're showing up to hang out. I promise you, everyone who showed up to a gig last year had an absolute bill asked. Here's what else we've got lined up so far. Uh, I've got a date in Nashville, which is going to be with CPU God. It's going to be me, BK Chris. We're both going to be... It's like 40 uh, 40 minutes outside of Nashville. CPU God, he bought himself a farm. Uh, so it's going to be a Saturday in August. Come hang out. Bring your sandwiches. Bring your lawn chairs. Bring your beers. He has a nice stage built for us, and he's going to be doing an entire presentation on Bill Gates. So we're going to do a live stand-up show, followed by a live Run Your Mouth with me, BK Chris, and CPU God doing a presentation on Bill Gates. The other ones that I have lined up... Is Boston, July 17th. We are going to do uh, a live smokeout bug out along with a live stand-up comedy show that's hosted by another fan. And then I want to do two more. Uh, I've got two more ideas. I'd like to do a shed night, uh, which is we've been doing live stand-up shows and music, and then I want to do a live run your mouth from the shed. Old school, no news, just us hanging out. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been back the archive to the first summer porch tour when I first met the Shedcast boys, uh, but it was, uh, you know, we hit it off right off the bat. If only I could meet women like the Shedcast guys, where it's just, you meet them, you take some mushrooms, and you realize this was meant to be. Uh, and then the last event I'd like to do this year is a Run Your Mouth Sunday, summer Sunday celebration of sandwiches, and I'm thinking of like a Sunday afternoon drinking day, somewhere nice, uh, and you know... Shedcast guys will perform a little stand-up, maybe a live podcast, kind of bit of a hybrid. We'll review sandwiches. Everyone will bring sandwiches. Just a celebration of sandwiches. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to have the March on Washington to hang Fauci. Uh, so hit me up. Uh, Rob's newsroom at gmail.com. Honestly, between this and Porkfest, there aren't that many summer dates left. But if you're in the tri-state area, and uh, it's not even the tri-state area. I mean, we're kind of going around. But if you think we can get a show off in your backyard uh, and you've got a nice setup for us, hit me up. I think the shed cat. I think the summer porch store has kind of shifted as I seem to more solo rant the show. So in the past, it used to just be I'd show up to people's houses. And we had we had some fun ones. I shot guns with Alex. I sat in a uh, in a uh, in a whatever like a, a treehouse with Puis No Steppy. Uh, I've done a bunch of weird ones, and they were all a great time. I met a professor lady. Maybe I can track her down. She's been a great guest on every single episode I've had her on. Uh, so we've kept it weird. Everyone's been a blast. They've all been interesting. Rob's Newsroom at gmail.com. If you've got a pitch for why you should be included in Summer Porch Tour, I will be there. Oh, you know what we're going to have to do? Uh, Yosef. I'm going to have to do an OG episode back on... Uh, Yosef's porch. I'm going to track him down. I know he doesn't, he's told me not to show up at his house anymore. I've, I've stood outside with the podcast mic in hand, yelling at him. I, I've done the high fidelity move where I'm standing there with my boom box trying to sing songs. I've thrown little pellets at his window and he's screamed back. I've got a family now. I can't be, I can't be podcasting. 
This is nothing that an adult could be doing. And I keep telling him, no, that's why you got a podcast. So anyways, we're going to have to do an OG episode from uh, from Yussel's Porch. And hit me up, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Uh, in terms of flying, I'm down for it, but I just got to be honest, it, it's expensive. Like, I realize it cost me $100 just to even get to the airport and park my car there. Flights are like an extra 200 bucks, like 200 easy. It's probably 200 to 300 Hotel room for one night, you're looking at another 200 Car rental, 200 So even for me to be break even, it's almost like a grand. I don't know if that math adds up perfectly. And then if there's another comic coming with me so we can get a show off. So it's not that I'm against doing flying gigs. It's just you're going to have to be rich with some budget. So if you're rich with budget... You got sandwiches and a wife with big titties. Rob's newsroom at gmail.com. We're not against flying. I've been flying all over the country. I just did Childerberg. I just did Portland. I'm going to be doing Nashville. Uh, really, if you just have like a, a porch where, you know, it's a market that I think I can sell enough tickets to make it worthwhile, I'm down. And uh, if you hit me up like CPU got and you say I'm building you a stage and I got a whole fucking farm here in Nashville, you got yourself a pitch and a presentation on Bill Gates. What are you going to do a presentation on? Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Okay, it's enough plugging. That was too much plugging. Let's move on. I got some observations from flying. Uh, I don't know if you appreciated my last round of observations from flying, but I got more. I'm a world traveler now. I'm an 80s comic. I take flights all over the country, and now I got my airplane jokes. The first is, early morning I was waiting for a flight, and there was this dude who filled up his cup of coffee, just coffee, just scolding up hot coffee over the brim. It's like fill up your own cup, like you pay for the cup, then you walk up to the coffee machine, and he fills it up like over the brim, right? And then he adds a little bit of milk on it, so it's like already slightly spilling out of the cup. And then I see him reach to pick up, and I'm in the back, I'm like, well, that's obviously not going to work. And he picks it up, and then it spills all over his hand, he burns his hand, he's like, oh man, what happens to this cup? You stupid cup! He like freaked out. It was like watching a child try and put the triangle into the circle. You know what I mean? When it's the old what shape goes where, and then you realize that that guy votes. You forget how stupid people are. You live a life where you're interacting with people like you and I, and we're only mediocre stupid, and you forget how fully stupid other people are until you start flying around the country and you actually interact with them, or you take out your headphones to actually watch what they're saying to each other, and then you got you just remember, yes, that is why Fauci's been able to lie to us to wear masks, that's why Biden was able to steal an election, you forget how dumb people are. I mean, I took one look at that piece, that cup of coffee, and I knew you couldn't lift it without burning your hand. And this is a 60-year-old man. He should have enough experience with moving cups of coffee to realize that if you fill it over the lid and then you go to move the cup, it's going to spill on your hand. So I'm just reporting from the field as a, as a newly Americanized uh, countrywide traveler that you you should be aware of how stupid people really are. Because you forget, you, you know, you, you live in areas like New York, you interact with other people who are uh, working, you know, I guess these more professional jobs, and you forget that there's adults who wouldn't be able to put the triangle into the little triangle shape. Uh, here's another thing that I realized. If I ran an airplane, I would take out the last rows of, of chairs. Um, the Most of the flights that I've been on, the last row... Uh, would be either four across or six across. So you got some planes that are wide enough that there's one, you know, aisle, and then there's three on one side of the plane, three on the other, or two and two. So if you just removed the last row of seats, right, you're either taking away six seats from the plane or you're taking away four seats. 
Now, most of the flights that I've been taking at the moment are about $250 both ways. Let, let's even go conservative. Let's say $200 each way to keep our uh, our math simple. So let's go with the uh, with the flight of, you know, six seats in the back row, right? So if you've got six seats, $100 a seat, you just lost $600 by taking that out. Now, I'm eyeballing that on most of these commercial flights, it's about 300 seats. So what's 600 divided by 300? What is it, like two bucks a seat or something? So for an extra two bucks a seat, they could put a bathroom in there that we could all shit in. If it's my math right or my, am I, yeah, 300 times two is 600. Yeah, simple enough. For two extra dollars from each every other individual traveler on the flight, they would have enough space to put big, glamorous bathrooms that we could all take shits in. Please, let me know if I'm incorrect on my analysis here, but I feel like that would be my airline commercial is. Unlike the other airlines, you can shit here. We've got a bathroom with plenty of space. You want to fornicate in here? You're in the middle of your flight and you just want to spend 10 minutes putting on makeup, brushing your teeth? You want a spacious bathroom because uh, you're too nervous to sit down next to the person next to you? Well, welcome to uh, Friendly Diarrhea Airlines where you can get up out of your seat you, we'll, we'll feed you meals on the flight. We don't care. We don't care what you eat. We don't care how much you got to shit because unlike these other airlines that for a measly two bucks won't let you take a shit here, we've got, we've got the good, maybe that should just be the the airline, like paint across the, the side the way Southwest says Southwest would just be like, we got the good shitters. That might be too long or just like shits airlines or shitters or shits away i don't know i'll come up with a better title i didn't think this through fully i was more in the the math analysis to think of the name i wasn't thinking of marketing yet first i just crunched the numbers i wanted to make sure that the numbers would work out you'd have to be a ballerina to pinch off a loaf in one of these bathrooms i'd almost like to see a dude get up from his seat and he starts stretching and everyone turns around out of their seat and like Dude, he's going for it. He's going to go. I think he's going to take a shit in that bathroom. And, you know, everyone, like, uh, they look at their clocks. By the way, I've had to wait long enough. No shame on some individuals. It's great when you're just, like, looking at the stewardess. Stewardess is looking at you. You're looking at her. And you both just know that there's some dude in there who actually had the balls to take a shit in that bathroom. And you can't even be mad as much as you just got You got to respect it. You got to be like, that's pretty good. Um, I want to talk about the middle bar. Uh, cause I got stuck next to this gigantically tall guy and the current system is basically the, the, the bar between you and the person next to you is going to go to whoever's the bigger asshole or whoever's the fatter person. Now I'm willing to, uh, like, if you're so fat that it's obvious that you're going to need that bar, uh, because if you got to support the weight of your own arm, you might start, uh, you might have a heart attack right on the flight. I, I get it. You, you know, you're going to need that thing. Or if you're such a gigantically tall person that you're going to need it, I can respect that as well. But I think that uh, otherwise it shouldn't just go to the bigger prick. I think right off the top of the, the flight, you should be able to work in an agreement with the person sitting next to you. Either it's rocks, paper, scissors, shoot. Maybe you go odds and even. Uh, maybe you go thumb war. I don't know what your particular game is. I don't know what you're skilled at. Maybe you've been practicing rocks, paper, shoot. So that's the game you want to go with. Uh, I'm just thinking there needs to be a more civilized system than just who's the bigger prick gets to take it. The other thing I was thinking of is there's certain individuals that we all know that you don't want to sit onto a flight. Obviously, gigantically fat and smelly people, that comes to the top of your mind. You don't want to have to sit next to a gigantically fat or smelly person. We all get that. I've realized, though, that I might be one of the worst people to sit next to on a flight, and it's something that I've never heard anyone else talk about, and maybe it's because I'm a rare breed, but that's the fidgety people. 
the person that will sit next to you and go, you know what, I want my laptop out. And actually, I don't want to look at my laptop. You know what, maybe my laptop will work. Nah, nah, I don't really feel like doing work. You know what, I don't feel like sitting in the seat anymore. Let me go to the bathroom for a couple minutes. Ah, you can't even sit in that bathroom. I'll sit back in my seat. Ah, fuck, I can't fall asleep. You know what, maybe I should wear the seatbelt. Ah, actually, I don't like wearing the seatbelt. Oh, look, they put the seatbelt line on. Yeah, but I just unbuckled it and the guy just saw me unbuckle it. Yeah, but the seatbelt light is on. All right, I'll put the seat. Oh, look, they took the seatbelt light off. I can take the seatbelt out live. Maybe I should read this book. I brought the book with me. Let me read the book. Oh, if I'm going to read the book, maybe I should turn that light on. You know what? That light's too bright. I don't really like the light on when I'm reading it. Oh, no, no, it's too dark. Let me put that light back on. Oh, look, there's a little air vent. Maybe if I turn the air vent on, this flight will be a little bit better. Oh, you know what? That's a little too much air vent. Let me lower the air vent. Ooh, I think that's the right amount of air vent, but now I don't like the light. You know what? Now that the light's off, I don't even really feel like reading the book. Wait, what was on my computer? Maybe I could actually get that editing done. Shit, how do you get onto this Wi-Fi? You know, I feel bad. I just put my computer back out, but it's not my fault that the Wi-Fi is not working. So, uh, you know, let me put the computer back down. Let me try and go to sleep. Oh, fuck, I can't fall asleep. Let me try and use the bathroom again. That's what's sitting next to me on a flight. And now, I always book an aisle seat because if I got the inside seat and I got to fucking fidget around like that while someone's on the outside seat, because I, I don't know how much you're allowed to... Like, I go to the bathroom on flights just to get out of my chair. Like, I don't even need a pee. I just, like, need to not have to sit down anymore. I wish they had a standing section or just... Uh, the ADD section, but I just realized I had a little moment of self-awareness where I was like, I, I, I was going in and out of my like uh, backpack multiple times. I was like, I got to suck to sit next to. But then on my ride back, I sat next to a hot chick and she was like sleeping in these cat-like poses, which was pretty terrible. Like she had her knee going on. It's like, I'm already trying not to touch you. There's social etiquette here, but now you're defiled. You're over the line. I feel like if you, if you violate that little barricade between seats, you, you, I, I now own your leg. Your leg is in my seat. It's in my airspace. So that, like, maybe... I All right, I don't need to sound too creepy here. But you know the way, like, you know, everyone in the world sleeps unless you're a hot chick and then all of a sudden, for some reason, you like sleeping with your knee in the air and your butt kind of draped over? It's like they really want to let you know what you're not allowed to have. I don't know what it is, but hot women, they got a different way of, uh, of uh, sleeping. All right, the other thing is there was a ton of turbulence on this flight, and, you know, they always come on with their announcement. I would love it if you're on a flight and you heard this announcement. It's like, uh, uh, this is your pilot speaking. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of a bumpy ride up ahead. I just wanted to let you guys know that that's uh, not turbulence. I just have uh, shaky hands. I uh, honestly put in for an early retirement, but the uh, company is not that favorable, and as I've been working this job for 50 years, apparently you still have to do it if uh, you've got arthritis. So just bear with me. Uh, it might be shaky. Uh, and once again, that's uh, not turbulence. I just have uh, terrible hands. And two more random uh, like thoughts from the road. One is, you know, some hotels, they try and guilt you by putting up that little sign about uh, how uh, if you reuse your towels, blah, 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 the environment. I'm using all the towels. I don't care how many towels you put in that bathroom. I like the, I, I don't I don't get fresh towels in my apartment. The biggest the biggest luxury of being in a hotel is that you, you got towels. So I'm using all the towels. I'm gonna use one towel on my wiener. I'm gonna use one towel on my pinky toe. I'm gonna use the, I'm not even gonna use the pinky towel towel to, to dry the floor. There's a wet floor there. I'm gonna put throw it on all your towels, call down to the lobby and tell them, hey, you gotta come up here with some more towels. So they can just stop. Does anyone fall for that guilt trip? The little sign like I'm in your hotel for the towels. You got fluffy clean towels, and I'm using every single one of the towels. Uh Another product I'd like to see is uh, the other day, there's like a little, uh, when I'm too lazy to exercise and I don't want to go to the gym, 
not far from my house. They got little trails, and I'll go for a little fat boy walk. And that's when you're too lazy to exercise. So you just uh, you walk on the trail, you look at some trees, and uh, you convince yourself that you got your cardio on. At least you didn't just sit on the couch all day. Uh, so I'm going, and in the summer months, it gets really buggy out. So I have bug spray I keep in my car, and I went to spray my hat. And so I took my hat off my head, and I put the hat in front of me. And then I went to spritz it, and I spritzed the bug spray right into my eye. Like, right out of Dumb and Dumber, I had the bug spray point in the wrong direction. It went right into my eye. I had to go home. I had to, I had to wash my eye out. And that and this is on the back of what I just did in uh, Seattle. This is why I have to save money. I can't afford to take uh, vacations because I'm, I know that I'm going to have a number of putts incidents every year, which is why I wish they would create like some sort of a putts insurance where if you're a putts, you know, it's like your health insurance. You just kind of put some money in every year. And when you have these incidents, you know, where you're just a total fucking putts, it pays out. Here's another one. I only have one shelf in my bathroom and it's above my toilet. And I'd like to get reimbursed for all my toiletries that fall into the toilet. They like, it's like raindrops. They just kind of fall off the shelf. They, they go right into the toilet. I'm almost amazed. I've accumulated more toiletries over the year. That's like one of my luxury goods. What are women doing? What do you do when you, like, ladies, how do you fly? How do you get all of your makeup from place to place? Because... Like now I'm in a, I'm, I'm at the stage, not that I got makeup, but I got hemorrhoid cream. I've been sneaking hemorrhoid creams onto flights. I actually shove it up my ass. It's actually a convenient item to try and get through TSA. Uh, cause it feels uh, nice within your butthole. What I do is I don't put the tube up there. I squeeze out the entire tube into my anus. Uh, and then like I'll, I'll kind of squeeze it back out into the tube. Uh, and then as I need it, I'll put it back up my asshole. And then it's, it actually works better if it's already been in your asshole previously, because then it, enjoy, it like absorbs some of the natural essential oils from your asshole and activates more of what's inside. This is ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, I'm just trying to get more insight from the 10 people that listen to the show. So that's the best way to figure out what other people on this planet are doing. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I seem to have accumulated more uh, toilet trees like suntan lotion even like i don't want to land into a new plant like town and i gotta get like the first thing now you got to do is you got to go buy your suntan lotion you got to go buy uh your powder for your face you got to go buy i don't know you got to buy your mascara maybe all ladies makeup they actually come in like smaller tubes i guess there's no like lipstick that you wouldn't be able to get on a flight on a plane but i feel like uh also why aren't hotels stocking antibacterial soap? Is that just me being a germaphobe that that drives me nuts every single hotel that I'm in? Like, admits a pandemic, which I don't believe in. You guys can't upgrade to liquid soap. I have to have that shitty fucking bar of soap that now I got to wash my hands after I shit. And then it's the same one that you got for the shower. That bullshit where you got to stand there and go, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Are my hands germ free? Shit, I think I need to wash my hands again. And then you go and wash your hands again. And then you go, I think I said the song too quickly. I think I sang the song too quickly. I think I sang the song too quickly. So my hands still have germs on them. And if I touch my eye, I'm going to get pink eye. And then you leave the bathroom. And then usually you would only come back and wash your hands once more but since it was the shitty soap it's just on your hands all i mean it's just on your mind all day that you uh didn't use the antibacterial soap and like i said there's nothing worse than <laughs> sitting next to a putsy 
shifty fellow on a plane. All right, enough about why I'm a terrible human, per- her- human person, and let's get into the news. It's enough ragging on me. Let's get into these other people. Trump had to shut down his bo- blog uh, because reading and writing on a daily basis was just a little bit too much work for him. From the guy who claimed that, you know, he was going to make America great again, he couldn't even consistently commit to a blog. You know, a blog. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a weekly on a podcast. I feel like grandmas are getting off a, a daily blog, and he decided to launch his website from the desk of Donald Trump. You know, the genius who's going to fix everything. He couldn't even keep his weekly blog, and people were criticizing this for him, but he said that, listen, I was enjoying the blog, and he was the best blog, okay? Nobody's ever blogged like this ever, okay? I don't know if you had a chance to check out my blog. But this was the blag of all blags, okay? Other people looked at this blag and they felt sad for their blags. But the reason he stopped writing the blog is uh, he's got to get ready. He's being reinstated. He's two months away from Joe Biden realizing, listen, I was in over my head. I thought it was a good idea to uh, rig the election. Uh, but really, you know, this is this is too much. The Russians are getting off of our currency. The thing's collapsing. And the only thing that will uh, be able to save us from this situation is Donald Trump. So Donald Trump doesn't have time for a blog. He's got to prepare for round two of, uh, you know, being a failure of a president. All right, and then here's a couple of random headlines that articles I didn't read, uh, but I'm going to give my opinion just based off the headline. So firstly is there was Texas voting melodrama. Uh, Apparently the Democrats walked out of the room before they could vote. Uh, because you need a certain amount of, from my understanding, you need like a certain amount of individuals in the room, even if they're going to vote against you. So they left, I think the word was a quorum, uh, which I think now with the, like the next time when they get together, what you, they need to like just get the votes off like a cat auction. Like, so everyone agrees on this? Yes. And like Democrats are like, fuck, wait, wait, wait. I thought we were walking out. Shit, did they just vote? Here's another headline. Vice President Harris team tries to distance her from fraught situation at the border. Uh, which is great, you know, someone being like, listen, put me in charge, but just nothing important. If it's anything important or that you can actually track or measure performance, I want nothing to do to that. Maybe you can give me something like the uh, committee, you know, to make sure that kids are less hungry. Uh, We're going to research it. It's the research committee for making kids less hungry. It's not even about making kids less hungry. It's just that we're going to research if there's a way that we could make them less hungry And that seems like a good thing, that she's the head of the researching making people less hungry, as opposed to throwing people, uh, you know, onto floors and encouraging them to come to the country without any arrangements, uh, you know. And they don't even give them clear guidance on how they can vote for Democrats. I mean, that's the reason why they're recruiting them here. You'd think at least once they got over the border, there'd be some paperwork and they would just say, here, here's your marching orders. Here's how you should approach this. Okay, last headline is Jeff Bezos' bio makes a bombshell claim about the alleged Saudi role in the purported penis pick. And here's what you got to do. If you're Jeff Bezos and you know that some Saudi Arabian uh, penis pick of yours is coming out, you just got to get ahead of it and put out your own penis pick first. Like everyone's got a penis pick at that one angle where it's like Indiana Jones, where it hits the light on the thing. And then the the, the thing go like, you know what I mean? We've all got that one angle pick like Childerberg. Someone took a picture of me. I look fucking Jack. I'm not that good looking. I mean, my face looked terrible, but someone took a, I look fucking yoke, dude. You get, you get pictures at the right angle. You know, I had to hire a penis picture professional uh, that they knew the lighting, they knew the angles, and then you got one, some lady wants a penis pic, you just, you send it right to her, and then you know you're going to disappoint her when you hang out, but for that one picture, 
you're in. That looks like a glorious penis picture. Uh, and if you can't hire a professional to help you out, what you got to do is you got to like just take a lot of pictures and it's a volume game. You know, you take enough pictures of that penis at some point, you're going to be able to get that lens at an angle where you're like, holy shit. All right. That looks good. That's the winner. That's the one that's going to, you know, get her to realize, hey, that guy's personality sucks, but he does have a hell of a wiener. And so if you're Jeff Bezos, I'm telling you, you just got to get ahead of this Saudi Arabian one or, you know, maybe like hire Chris Hemsworth or someone to come over to your house and you get him to get like sucked off from your girlfriend. But like you just take the picture of just the dick and then you pretend like that was your wiener or you. I mean, you're you're Jeff Bezos. You've got to be able to hire people who can put your face onto, you know, somebody else's body or something. I'm just saying you got to get ahead on the market. You don't want people leaking terrible penis pictures. Uh, if you can get ahead of it and flood the market with good penis pictures so that people don't realize. And if you're nervous about the way your junk looks, all you got to do is go to sheathunderwear.com. That's all it takes. If you're wearing a pair of sheath, firstly, um, it's comfortable. It's great in the summer months. You can separate your dick from your balls. Uh, all that good stuff. I wear it every time I go for a bike ride. It is essential for uh, keeping things in place, avoiding chafing, and enjoying your ride. So go to sheathunderwear.com. It will also make your wiener look better if you're taking, you know, penis pics while wearing the sheath. Once you take off the sheath, that's that's up to you. That's up to that's between you and whatever God decided to put between your legs. Uh, but while you're wearing the sheath. That's somewhat on the sheath, people, uh, putting together a product that's going to make your junk look a little bit better. Just go to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code. Uh, that's it. You just actually, you got to put in the letters, uh, however you personally spell out burp. R-Y-M, and guess what? You're going to get uh, 20% off. And now we are going to hang out with the uh, with the man himself, Jacob Lindsay from Tasting Anarchy, who put Childerberg together. And um, it's going to be a little uh, post-Childerberg uh, recap show. We're going to talk about some of the highlights, some of the good times, some of the plans, and uh, thanks for hanging with me. That is the episode. All right, so Mr. Anarchy, I have you on because I want to do the post-Childerberg recap show here. Let sure. people know what they missed out on and what they can expect from next year. So first, let's start from this past year. You were actually running around as the uh, sh- the uh, Childe guys taught me. You were uh, anchoring the vibe. You were running around. You were making sure everyone was having a good time. But why don't you uh, give us the recap of how you feel it went? Yeah, I think it went really well. I mean, the it was it was w- way bigger than I kind of expected. I, I I planned for eighty people, and I think that uh, after talking to the people at the distillery and stuff like that, we had about two hundred of our people at the distillery. And um, then there's probably 50 or 60 other people. Maybe they, they said it was a little bit under 300 total. And um, then, uh, but when I first got there to Muleshoe Bend, where we have the the camping, I I expect, so I usually get, Childerberg starts on Saturday, but I usually get there Friday so that I can kind of like get things going and make sure everything's like set up and everything for the next day. And we arrived late because I went and picked up uh, Howie Snowden from Lions of Liberty at the airport and brought him to the campsite and his flight got delayed and stuff. Cause there was a big storm. And, uh, when we got there, it had been raining pretty hard, but cleared up by the time we got there. And there was like 40 people there already. <laughs> and I was like, I, I text car and was like, dude, there's already 40 people here. This is going to be a wild year. And, uh, I had not planned for that at all. We didn't really have the camp space for it, but you know, the Ranger came by 
this is actually a little bit different this year than previous years because the ranger kept coming by because we had too many people and uh he comes by and like anytime like this is my recommendation to people uh at least white people when you see somebody like a cop or whatever instead of letting them come over to you go up to them and uh and so like i i saw him pull up and i just kind of waved at him and like walked over and then he got out and did the cop thing where they put their you know thumbs in their bulletproof vest and he's like well you guys got a lot of cars here and i was like yeah yeah but i have enough spots i lied i have enough spots for everybody we just are all here right now but we'll spread out later he goes okay well uh, you know, when you have this many people, you need a land permit. And I was like, I, I didn't know I needed a land permit or anything like that. The, the the best part about this is the reason why you go out to the woods is to feel some freedom and be away from cops. And then it's yeah. amazing when they're driving by just because they know people are going there to not have to see them. And it's like, oh, well, so what are you guys doing while you're away from everyone else? What do you right. come out here for? Are you going to do some drugs over there by your tent? Oh, they were i mean yes <laughs> and they know it but uh yeah but nothing nothing too obvious so uh so i well, mean he, I gotta, didn't, he didn't I give gotta, a shit i gotta say kudos because uh i mean it's funny how long i've been doing comedy for like i i i almost don't realize how long i've been doing comedy for but like at this point i've been doing this 10 years so i'm not yeah i'm not new to comedy and while i haven't traveled or done as much gigs even as as i'd like to have done at this point in my career it's still i've done a fair amount and i have to say that what you guys put together is the most fun i've had on the road yet like oh. it was an it was really a blast i'm definitely in for it for next year i yeah. uh, and i i think part of what makes it so much fun is that it's not I, I, I mean, as a libertarian, I hate showing up somewhere, having to check in with the guy yeah. and then get your festival pat. And then there's the this and then there's the ticket. You guys are just, hey, you can show up and hang out here. And there's no I, there's no Hey, this is the artist here. This is I was just there. Same as everyone. We're all just fucking hanging out. Scott yeah. Orton sitting outside of his uh, pickup truck. Howie Stone's <laughs> walk around. Uh, me and Buck are just hanging out. Everyone's just fucking yeah. hanging out, having a good time. And I uh, just being outdoors like that around as many like-minded individuals was an absolute blast. Yeah. Well, that's kind of, that's sort of my philosophy in general about like, about organizing. Yeah. I've done a lot of uh, event organizing. I used to run a comic or I used to like help run a comic con. And um, I was in, I did the young libertarians when I lived in Virginia. So like my philosophy for organizing has always been, my responsibility is just to get the ball rolling and then make sure that people know what's going on and everything else is is the people who are having fun responsibility. It doesn't take a lot of work to make people have fun. They'll do it on their own because nobody wants to be bored. Um, and the only responsibility is like the organizers to make sure that that uh, fun is facilitated. So you just get the ball rolling. Everybody else will figure it out on their own. And that's kind of it's sort of one of those like spontaneous order things that we talk about in anarchist circles all the time is people will figure it out. Uh, they don't really need a leader. Nobody has to tell you how to have fun or where to be at particular times or anything like that. People will gravitate to where they where they want to be. So everybody wanted to go and see you do comedy. So like there was a lot of people who were not particularly interested in the music, but they I mean, I think they missed out. But there was a lot of people who are also kind of on the flip let's side. They're not that, super. Let's plug that yeah. land because I was so impressed by them. I have their album. I'm looking forward to a long car yeah. drive to put it in. And I've heard that they're. Uh, um lyrics are heavily like poetic yeah. liberty stuff but um yes, yeah definitely it's an excellent band. Band. dude i listened to a lot of music and i was vibing like it was uh it, they were great i mean absolutely yeah. phenomenal they're, they're super good they're it's they're uh owen glass and the palace saints 
and really excellent band, excellent liberty, liberty message. The music is just really, and really they jam. good. Do they jam? Yeah. The guitar player is great. The the whole yeah, band kind of flows. The lead singer they, got a good voice. It clicks. You, yeah, yeah. And you'll you'll like the album too because they were actually missing one piece of their band. Uh, the saxophone wasn't there. So like the sax, okay. there's like saxophone solos in it and stuff. It's really cool. Like it's a it's a really great band, and they're from uh, up here in Dallas and. Uh, I heard them on actually one of the other musical acts that was there this year was uh, Nikki P and uh, he used to have a show called sounds like Liberty where he would have uh, just libertarians come and talk about music and stuff like that. And he had own glass on. And when I heard there in Dallas kind of was how it clicked in my mind. I was like, Oh, they're up here. Maybe they want to come down to Childerberg. So I reached out to them and was like, you guys want to come play? And they were like super into it. Uh, and it was, yeah, you're right. Like their music is phenomenal. The, uh, once you like start listening to the lyrics, like, because you know how like music sometimes you don't hear the lyrics so much, you just kind of are jamming to the, the music. But then after a little while, you start hearing the lyrics. The lyrics are are very very libertarian. And um, then there was also another guy who, I, again, I wasn't planning on having him, but we made room in the show. Uh, it was his name's Quazy. He's from uh, L.A. and he's got just an awesome voice. He he's an EDM artist, but he just did acoustics uh, for this show. And everybody was like super impressed by it. And I, again, I didn't, I didn't know him or anything. I had heard him on, um, erase the state podcast that, uh, who's a, also a Childerberg attendee. Um, you might want to clarify that was erase the state, not racist yeah. state. <laughs> no, erase the state. Yeah. Erase the state with, uh, Maddie, Maddie K from PA. And he was at Childerberg as well. And, Somehow he met up with this guy and then told him, Hey, if you, you know, we do music at Childeberg, you want to reach out to Jake. And he reached out to me and I was like, I don't know anything about your music. He sent me a bunch of links, but I was like, man, that's fine. I'll just, I'll, you can just play. Like, you know, anybody who wants to play can play. And, um, that worked out really well. Everybody was super impressed with that. And then, um, we had four comedians, you know, two of them. And then you met Brian and and micah while you were there micah again is he's local to hear you i thought he was a very good opener uh brian i thought was great uh and that was what was cool about brian too was i went and saw him uh he opened for shane gillis here in uh fort worth not too long ago and um i thought he would just kind of re redo that set but all of the material in this except for one bit was uh new i had never nice. heard it before and which is cool which means he's got a, a pretty big set like he could have easily done you know 35, 40 minutes or something. Uh, if he had, you know, included all of this stuff, then Kyle crushed it. And then you crushed it. And everybody was just laughing their asses off. The venue was super stoked. Cause the venue also, this was the first time we had been there and like, it was kind of difficult to get them to let me do it. And, um, but they, I, I was like, I'm sure Trust they me. put up, they, they, I'm sure they put up uh, good numbers. And for next year, you should demand a piece of the bar. I could do that. Uh, I was also kind of thinking if what I might try to do next year, and you know, you'll, you'll probably know a little bit more about this, is to try to get it to be an hour later, so that we can kind of shift the time to a slightly cooler part of the day because it was really hot and people were drinking whiskey, which made it a yeah, little bit yeah. of a battle. Where it's like <laughs> you're outdoors in the Texas summer, like basically desert. It's like fucking desert environment. Yeah. I mean, it's not like sand, but you know what I mean. It's like yeah, not it's dry, trees. it's hot, it's just yeah. fucking dry and hot. And people are just pounding whiskey all day in the yeah. blazing heat. Which uh, kudos, kudos to them 
Uh, and it definitely meant that it had to be more of like a yelly set, which is fine. I've done enough comedy where it's like, <laughs> I'm going to have to fucking yell at these people. Yeah. Uh, and I'm good with hecklers. So I, I didn't mind the people yeah. up front giving me some, giving me some shit. It was uh, fun to, fun to duke it out with them a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, the move for next year will be to more just declare like six to eight show. And then if people want to come there and hang out all day, they can, but like just yeah. declare like set hours for the show and have it a little more targeted. Yeah. That, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Like that, I learned a lot this year because it was so much bigger than previous years. Uh, I mean like our <clears throat> Childerberg one was like 30 people, maybe 35 Childerberg two you love was growth. It doesn't growth. Oh just yeah. Get your dick so hard. It's it was, it was yeah. really cool. Yeah. Uh, Childerberg two was like 40 people, maybe 45. And then, uh, I mean, we were expecting more, but then the whole COVID thing and I got, we right. had to get, we got shifted to four different campsites because of COVID. So that that's the one we ended up at. That's how we discovered that place. And I thought it was a good place. So we just stayed. Um, we're right. probably going to go there. We're probably going to go there next year. I, I actually already, um, as soon as I got home, I got back on track for uh planning for Childerberg four. I've got, uh, two bands booked and, um, and I've got the land use permit in process. So I should be able to have that, that side of the campground that we were on. I should be able to get that entire area. Hell from, yeah. So, so it'll just be Childerberg, uh, and well, you know, maybe kind of set things up a little bit differently just to make it, there was like a couple of things that I think would make things better. If there was like some kind of, I would say more designated hangout spots and more designated sleeping areas. Right. One of the problems, well, they didn't say it was a problem, but I perceived it to be a problem was that, uh, Owen glass and Nikki P had to, they were, I put them in a quiet area cause they had kids, but it was so far away from where all the action was happening. It just kind of made it difficult for them to participate. Right. And I, and I'd like them to be able to participate a little bit. So if there was kind of more of a middle ground, I'd like to be able to do something like that. But you know, I'm, I've been on Twitter all day for the last couple of days and listening to people's podcasts that they've been putting out from just recording afterward and recording during slurp slurp gang put out their live podcast uh car and bird recorded a post uh because bird got stuck here in dallas because of nice. the, the weather so he, he was able to hang out here with uh car for a little while they put out an episode uh although carl probably be mad at me that i said dallas fort worth he got stuck okay. in fort worth so. all right uh but um everybody just nobody's had a bad thing to say yet and i've gotten so many offers to help out next year which i think oh, is nice. is is definitely going Community to be field. needed yeah 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 because like doing it myself it actually wasn't that difficult so far but if it grows that much any bigger like one of the things that's the most difficult running it is running up and down the campsite trying to make sure that everybody knows what's going on so right. like i would i would run down to the one side and be like because we had this year no uh, you're gonna need the volunteers and walkie-talkie system exactly yeah yeah so this year we had uh, a volunteer catering uh, group uh, to a couple. And what was the, you got to remind me the beers I was drinking there were delicious and was also a fan who showed up with cases. Uh, do you remember? Oh, you... Luke's. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I can look it up. I, I can't remember what he called it, but it's it's got like a on the logo. It's got. Um, or were you were you talking about the meat or were you talking about? Um, no, hold on. I probably group. have the business card. Let's give the guy the shout out. Um. Oh, uh, Rough Tail Brewing. Rough yeah. yeah, Rough Tail. So, I mean, yeah. get a couple uh, really good IPAs. And also, I love it when it's just all 
community type thing that yeah. a fan of the event just showed up with fucking pallets of beers and so now there's yeah. free beers for everybody like i, oh, I just yeah, love the feel cool. of that well and what's cool about that too is he put it up he put like a little donation jar and all of the donations that we collected went to free ross and because nice. that's kind of how we like we try to push all of our any anything above the cost of the event because i, I and I'm going to do this a little bit differently next year because it was a little bit too expensive for me to float it all year long. But what I've done in the past is just kind of floated it myself and then expected it to be it to be made up later on. Um, this year, that was a little bit difficult. So I think we're going to do we're going to try to do some front loading of the funding so that instead of breaking even the day before, I can actually like break even a little bit as we go. Um, I think it's uh, cool the free nature of it. Yeah, I think with a small price tag for some of the stuff that's going on it's not going to prevent anyone from coming or yeah. thinking it's like an unbelievable worthwhile venture uh so i'll help you with this for next year in terms of like just putting up the eventbrite links and kind of promoting it but i uh, i think uh just in terms of kind of covering costs getting even i'll just say getting people like me paid and everyone right. who's coming out who's traveling like it's worthwhile and it's worth it for the fans and the people are coming out if it's the difference between, hey, I showed up for free or I had to spend $20 on top of the camping pass for $4. It's not right. It's not going to be make or break. And then it also removes you from like being panicked for six months of are the donations going to mean that like I don't have to tell my girlfriend I don't have the mortgage money or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what your lifestyle is. Right. Uh, so it's not that's not going to be crazy to facilitate. Um, yeah. I'm curious to know because it rains different in Texas. Like when it, like it rains here and it can rain heavy, but when it's raining in te Jesus Christ, it's like fucking Noah's yeah. Ark type situation. Well, this, this time of year, yeah. especially. Yeah. So I wasn't out there at all when it was like crazy, but I can't even imagine how the people were dealing with it. So what they just go mudsliding to just become mud, mud stock. Everyone got naked and just didn't give a shit. What actually happened yeah. while it was torrential. I mean, usually the thing is, even when it's torrential, it's still warm. So, it, I mean, you know, the, the biggest concern is your camping gear getting wet. Uh, so usually what people do is just kind of they'll throw their camping gear in the car or they'll try to get a tarp over it or something like that. And then they'll just pile into a car and just wait it out. Um, right. I mean, you you can be out in it if you've got your swimsuit on or something like that. You can just hang out and because it's not cold. It's just wet. Um, right. But uh well, the kind of the so this is kind of the catch twenty two about when we do it. We do it, you know, uh, Memorial Day weekend every year. It's the last kind of mild temperature of the year is around it's also then. A little rainy, and it's also rainy. So you know, it's it's like if I had pushed it out into June, it would just be too hot. If I did it a little bit earlier, it would be raining more. So right. it's kind of one it's of those kind like of the sweet spot for Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And it's usually, usually it doesn't rain consistently. It's usually in the mornings or evenings it'll rain and then it'll clear up. Uh, it's a Gulf state. So it's, you know, it, we get that, we get those kind of weird weather stuff, but the, the lucky part is that it's not cold. So if you get rained on, you'll dry out pretty quickly and your stuff usually dries out pretty fast too. Uh, this year it was when every, when some of the people first arrived, they were putting up videos and stuff like that. It was, like it was crazy. It was like a deluge. <laughs> and then, uh, but as soon as I got there, everything was fine. And we were able to you know for next year, we got to bring a slip and slide dude and just get it that, going. Yeah. When it's yeah, for sure. yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, we got that entire side so we can do all sorts of cool stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll do, we'll do, yeah, we'll do some more kind of like yard events and things like that. And people will enjoy it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it was, right. it's, 
it's just it's been it's been awesome. It's been really really rewarding to organize it because just seeing it kind of grow, and then also we raised uh, fourteen hundred dollars for free Ross this year, nice. which was Hell which yeah. was yeah, which was really really good. And like people keep contributing like cool things to auction off or do raffles for. So like this year, uh, the Empress of Memes on Twitter or. I, don't, I think that she's small crimes right now on Twitter. I think that she changed her handle, but uh, she made this really cool free Ross quilt that we uh, included in a 50, 50 raffle. And then um, Rollo traditionally does uh, you've met Rollo or no, you weren't there when Rollo was there. Rollo got there the next day, but Rollo McFlugel, he's uh, a Bitcoin guy on Twitter, really real involved in the Liberty community. He's cool dude. And uh, he traditionally makes a fruit cake. And then we do a 50, 50 raffle for the fruit cake. And it's not like a shit fruit cake. It's actually a pretty good one. Uh, so we do, we do a 50, 50 for that this year, peaceful treason, uh, Jared and will, uh, which you, you talked to quite a bit, actually, I think at the, uh, at the distillery, uh, cause Will's like real into comedy. He, that he I go to, I go with him all the time for, to the uh, hyenas here, whenever somebody good's coming in town. Um, uh, he, uh, he and Jared did a, um, a, uh, a growler that they auctioned off. And then like, uh, then we had, uh, what else did we have? Oh, uh, Luke he made his home brews and brought them. And then, uh, rough tail also brought beer for donation. We raised some money on that. Uh, I also got like weird payments for things. Like, uh, somebody was like buying stuff in silver. So I've got a whole bunch of silver, which is kind of awesome. cool. I'm very, very libertarian. Someone, so. uh, I forgot. I did a gig recently. Maybe it was even that same gig. Someone handed me a silver coin. I just thought that was so fucking cool. I love getting yeah. a silver coin. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. So yeah, let's got, talk, got, like, uh, Let's oh, talk no personal highlights. I'll let you okay. go first. I definitely have some personal highlights from uh from being there. So I'll let you go first. What your like personal highlights of the uh of this year's Childerberg was? Uh, you know my my personal highlights are always after the event and seeing people talk about it online. It makes nice. me so happy to see people had a good time and met uh like you know a lot of, a lot of people in our sort of like liberty groups or whatever. I wouldn't say that they're isolated necessarily. They usually have their own friend groups, but their, their friend groups are not interested in this type of stuff. Um, and then the other, the kind of the other side of that is that a lot of our guys, there are conferences and stuff for them to go to. And I wouldn't say that they're boring, but they're extremely academic usually. And I think that everybody needs a break from basically going to a conference where they're hearing the same thing on the stage. Yeah, exactly. it's yeah. got to be fun. It, like yeah. you, you've got to have fun at least once a year. It's a good way to kick off the summer. And uh, just seeing that people had a good time, that um, people who are typically very introverted, they, they go back out online afterwards and they're like, look, I'm, I'm usually not great in social settings, but I made a lot of friends and I had a really good time. Uh, I think it's really, really healthy for people and also uh, good for the movement for people to like manifest friendship in real life and not just be online all the time. And I, and that's, that's, I think the most rewarding part about it. Awesome. So I, I gotta say actually meeting a lot of people that I've interacted with online in person, including yourself, including car, including bird. That was a thrill. Uh, doing the live podcast, um, which we did in the morning. And I wish, I wish we, uh, you had been around for that. I know I texted you, but I think, uh, I had you, no you, reception. Oh, okay. There you go. It's all <laughs> absolutely good. no reception there. Um, that, I was surprised how much fun I had with that. Uh, the reason being what I learned, and this is just from like a performance perspective, when I'm doing standup, it's like, I'm like working. It's like being on a sales yeah. call. I, I dial it up. I'm pacing around. I'm yelling. I'm, I got my jokes memorized. I'm like, I'm thinking at a level 14. I like, and I love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. 
Yeah. I discovered, I don't think I could live podcast solo because I do a certain style of free ranting and loose affiliation that I at least think at the moment, I wouldn't feel comfortable enough doing it that like, I wouldn't quite go down the thought tunnels that I do when yeah. I'm alone. I think the same way you're like, and, and, and here's the way I'll put it to you. Sometimes you drive in a car and you're alone and you're just fucking weird. Cause you're alone. Right? right. And you kind of enjoy that. I'm almost portraying that side of myself when I podcast solo. And I do think that's fun for me. And I also think that the audience like listening to that. I don't know that if I was standing in front of a room of people, if I would actually quite go down that like silly tunnel or quite uh, like, I don't know. I, I, I might get to a point where I, I like I'm good enough in it that I can do it live. But this case I was live. I was uh live podcasting with uh, for the first half. It was uh, um, both car and uh, bird. And then the second half we had on guy Swan. And what I discovered oh, yeah. of the, of the live podcasting is that, Unlike, I mean, I, dude, stand-up comedy is my favorite thing in the world, and more than anything, it's actually sitting at my home in my home and crafting, which I could, I, 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 in a second, I'll explain to you what the thrill of that is. But the yeah. thrill of the live podcast was that I didn't like; it wasn't like I was on. We were just hanging out, right? But the fact that like the audience is there, if if you find funny, they laugh, and then you like first you get that reward of their laughing, and then you get to like tag it up. So it's kind yeah. of best of both worlds because you're just relaxing, having a conversation, but it's a little bit heightened because you got the crowd there. And then if people do laugh, like you're like, oh shit, they're laughing at that. And you kind of like, as a comic, like, you know, to like kind of like lean in and tag it up. And so I, I just, I, I, I've never quite been in that groove of just total comfort where it's like, you're not really performing, but like there's still the live element. And if there's laughs in the moment, you, like, so I, I absolutely, that, that was a fucking thrill. Um, so, but the biggest thrill of the whole thing, and I, I hope I don't offend anyone here, but fucking Guy Swan, I could listen to He's him forever. Cool. Yeah, I, dude, I, I want to go down to Virginia. Just being around him in ten minutes, the amount of information that I can absorb. Um, it, he's one of the rare people, which is, it, he's both incredibly knowledgeable, but the way he presents what he knows is insightful and interesting to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, he he's probably the best read Bitcoiner I've ever interacted with. Uh, he's great, a great follow on Twitter. Um, I think he, he's a Bitcoin Audible. I think is his uh, his but thing. He also, so he he's got the financial topics. You can hit yeah. him on anything, and he's just he's got a oh handle yeah he on knows it. yeah he's just yeah he's a smart dude. He's really cool. Uh, yeah, he's great. I mean, there was a lot of really cool like I mean for from By our way, kind that's of, what I gotta yeah. tell you. That's one of my um for next year. I, I, I want to camp one night so I can do an extra day. I feel yeah. like the my only regret was that there were a lot of interesting podcasters and just people that were hanging out there. And because I was like the one night I was just there for two hours and then the next day I showed up to do the podcast. So it was all just kind of like handshake, say hello, kind of get out of the conversation. Yeah. I'd like to be there for like a full day so I can really just sit down and bullshit with people and not not feel like I got to like meet, you know what I mean? Like kind of, yeah. even though I'm ADD, so I don't mind getting in and out of a conversation in two minutes. Like that's the sure. way I, I normally am. Uh, but I do feel like I shook hands with a lot of people that would have been interesting to talk to for longer, but I just really yeah. wasn't there that long. Yeah, did you get, did you get a chance to talk to Anthony, Anthony Samaroff? You know, sometimes I know people by their yeah. Twitter handles or shows better than like their he actual does, names. Uh, he does a Scottish Liberty podcast, and he's also he had uh, Anthony Samaroff week on Tom Woods show, so he had. A I whole think week I on definitely met him. Yeah. I think we had a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and he's written. He wrote a book called uh, "UBI for and Against," 
Oh, okay. I kind of, yeah. I didn't have much of a conversation with him, but I okay. did see a guy walking around with the book. Yeah. So it he looked is like a, he was trying to sell stuff. So I mostly ignored him, yeah. but maybe, maybe I'm he's a really cool dude too. What's what was kind of neat about uh, this year is I, I have, I've sort of indirectly known him a little bit online. And then I, we went out to dinner when he had a layover here in Dallas one time. Uh, and I didn't know him super well, but I've always kind of like in my mind and he's, and he said a lot of people kind of had this sort of uh, same impression although i listened to his podcast from time to time so i had a little bit more knowledge of him um but uh, a lot of people kind of thought he was kind of like more in the like academic wing of the, like the liberty movement and stuff like that and he is because he's a super smart guy but um he's also just fun like he's just fun to be around you know he's what? really goofy I, so i fucked up on that guy i saw the title of his book with universal basic income yeah and i'm like what's the socialist guy doing here so I guess it might must be some sort of an ironic title, or he's got a more intelligent spin on it. Yeah. So basically, what what the book the book's really good. Uh, it's basically he steelmans the UBI, and then he says why that doesn't work. Oh, okay. That's basically right. the. So he's just, trying to I, argue honestly, both sides. That, it, it, that's exactly what I'm describing. Of I need to be a little. Uh, if I had more time, I probably would have been, especially before show. You know what it was? He kind of walked yeah. over before the show, and like yeah, yeah. before show, I'm like half ignoring people not quite like I'm, I'm walking around but like i'm still like kind of in the zone i don't know it's like if you caught someone before an important meeting like and they're just feel a little bit rushed and trying to get out of a conversation that's what it is it's not like yeah. i'm being a dick i'm just like sure kind of yeah, yeah. aware of the fact that i'm doing a show in a bit well so yeah just, you're doing a show and and for you that's work like you're doing yeah. a job like so you're just like look i gotta do i gotta do but i love it i mean it's, it's it's the so, job that i love yeah right right like, so i'm there to do it and i love doing it but I still like, like, that's the other thing. Everyone wants to like pound drinks with you. And you're like, that's an after the show activity. Like I'll have one before, but if I show up here at like, you know, four in the afternoon in the blazing heat and I'm just getting hammered, uh, like it's going to be a sloppy drunk show, which, you know, I've done those, but I don't know that that's going to work for 300 people when I got to do a half hour. That's easy for 10 minutes at Times Square, two in the morning. Well, and you, you, both you and Kyle, uh like crushed it. everybody everybody loved it they it was it was super good and um again like i said i was super impressed with brian as well and, and all the music and uh and micah was, was good i'd never seen micah before um he's kind of new to I, I i wouldn't say he's new to comedy but he's kind of rusty but he also uh wanted to get back look, into dude. it he's got a fucking yeah, look he's, he does, he's got a look and he's got he's got a lot of good jokes uh and just a really I, I was super stoked that that uh, we could have all of these people. And the cool, like the coolest part, is that it's sort of that spontaneous order thing. Is that I invited you, and I invited Brian, and I invited Owen Glass and Nikki P, and that's it. And then just other people just sort of like added on to it, which made the show even better. So like that kind all of right. stuff is really really cool. So let's talk um, next year. Yeah. Uh, so I I have some ideas that I'd like to pitch you, but before I do, why don't you go first? What do you got in store for next year? Uh, well, I think we're going to do kind of the same thing, just bigger. Uh, we, we've got uh, – I got a couple of other things I want to do. Like, So one of the things I thought would be nice is if um, there's like coffee available for everybody in the morning. Okay. <laughs> just something All like right. that. Cause, cause, like, people are really hungover a lot of the time and or like hungover from alcohol and hungover from other things as well. Like there was uh, – not to my knowledge until later, so I have plausible deniability or whatever. But there was there was uh, quite a bit of recreational activities going on uh, that you know oh, you yeah. kind of expect you expected this yeah. type of thing. Um, 
and people just getting just really hammered. So like maybe something to like kind of help pick them up in the morning. Then just for, sort of from like oh. a, <laughs> yeah, something from sort of a like a like a logist like lo- not logistical but like a um I don't know I don't know what the word would be for it but like getting some of those kind of big uh tents for uh oh, like for, events so like hanging out in almost so if it's yeah, raining because it, everyone it does rain the tent. at yeah. least yeah everybody doesn't have to like go into their cars they can actually go into these right uh, tents those instead. actually aren't even that like you can even no. get like the massive tents they're not that expensive to yeah, rent they're, they're yeah, cheap to rent i was looking that, i was looking that's through actually it. smart that's really yeah. smart the other thing i thought about doing was uh instead of renting a van and busing people up and down to the distillery is that i might get like a bus service so that uh just I gotta so tell you, if you're getting yeah. the tent, you might, and you're renting enough of the area. Yeah. Uh, if you do all that stuff earlier in the in like the app, like almost more of like an afternoon booze day, you might be able to do it on the campgrounds. Well, that's one of the things I asked for the campground. So they right. they didn't know the answer to that. They the ladies got to figure out what because I asked her like a whole bunch of questions. I was like, what am I actually right. allowed to do here? And then right. based on her response, I'll ask if like based on her response, I'll decide if I'm just going to do it anyways or not. Right. Uh, Cause I, a lot of the stuff I'm probably just going to do anyways. Right. But um, I just kind of want to know what, what I'm, you know, what my risk is, I guess. Uh, what, one of the cool things too, like they, you know, they made me get this land permit this for next year, uh, which is silly and it's free, but for some reason you have to fill out this form. Yeah. For the getting, government. What, yeah, what yeah, they exactly. do to just make it a little annoying and yeah. remind you that they own you. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's basically it. But one of the kind of like silver linings of it is that, so Childeberg is an LLC. Uh, so like I made the company so that if somebody got hurt, I wouldn't be in trouble. Uh, and so, but what they're letting me do is, uh, put all of the campgrounds under Childeberg LLC so that they don't all say Lindsay on them. They just say, cause my last name's Lindsay. They don't say Lindsay. They'll, they'll say Childeberg. So it's just a little more clear to people when they're looking for things. Um, oh, the other nice. thing The other thing that I think is going to be helpful is um, I'm going to do something where people have to pay like five bucks a night or something like that for the campsites just because of the cost. Because campsites are kind of expensive. Uh, You know, it was it costs for what I rented this year. It was like fifteen hundred bucks or something like that for all of the sites. Uh, So if I can just kind of like negate that cost, it just makes it a lot easier. But I think one of you with next year, I'm going to help you just price it out so that you know that. I'm I'm gonna help you out with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll definitely talk about it because I think that that is something I need to work on is is pricing and like because basically I want it to be a wash because anything we raise there I want to go to Free Ross. Right. Uh, and as soon as if we can get to the wash faster, then it just makes the the raising money easier. Um, I'm going to probably assign people to campsites. So one of the issues that we had this year that attracted the rangers' attention and pissed off the campground was everybody set up their tents. So I, what, this was my mistake. I told everybody, meet me at campsite 30 when you get there and I'll tell you where to go. Well, what that was interpreted as is set up at campsite 30. Right. Everybody set up at campsite 30, right? Like even Scott, when he, like Scott Horton got there, he, he set up, like there was just people started expanding out and he set up, that wasn't our campsite. That was, that was somebody else's campsite. Nice. And like, but you know, they didn't care. They were, they had their own little thing. And that they they like kind of set up their own compound with like ropes blocking off their area and stuff. So nice. like I feel kind of bad about that. But next year it's not going to be as big of a deal because we're going to have that entire side probably. So there won't actually be anybody else. I hope there's one schmuck. I hope there's yeah. one guy who managed to reserve like two years early and is like real <laughs> uptight and just realizes, God damn it, this is I'm out of place. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of, well, I'll t- I, I got, I got two more uh, good moments to, to, after we discuss oh, okay. like vision, but cause I just, it just reminded me of it, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, so there's going to be a couple things like that, that I think there's just like some logistical issues that can be worked out. Um, I've, like I said, I got two bands kind of lined up. One, one you saw was uh, Owen Glass and the Palace Saints. They're going to come back down again next year. Nice. Uh, and they're just, they're good. They've got some ideas too. Cause I think there was some stuff that made it, made the performers less comfortable, which you could probably help with that too. I think the stage was probably too hot, uh, for the musical acts. Uh, and, and that makes it like when you're trying to, you know, f- press the frets or what, I don't know. I'm not a musician. I don't really know what the words are, but, uh, when you're trying to like play, like if your hands get sweaty, it's hard. So, right. um, I think we're going to try to do something about that, make the stage a little bit cooler. Uh, I, I think we might do that same venue for the music and stuff like that, but it, that may not work out. Uh, so we, if, if we're allowed to, I'd prefer to do it at the campsite. Um, that way we don't actually have to get the bus to move people back and forth. We can just kind of be at the site the entire time. And, uh, and there was a lot of people who didn't come over cause they didn't want to load up into the van and they were already drunk. So they didn't want to drive themselves. And uh, so there was a, there was like, there was a good, you know, 40 people who just hung out at the campsite the entire time. And I want them to, I want them to be able to come out and see you and uh, the music and all that sort of stuff. So I think it's just easier if it's at the site. So if we can somehow figure that out, I think that would be really good. Um, I have some other, we, we have some other ideas. My wife and I wrote down, uh, I, I would have to go through them all, but, uh, and the other thing too is, uh, getting some volunteers to kind of help out with what I was doing. So like some you're walkie gonna talkies, have, you're going to have some people. Cause I'm actually this way a little bit that uh, I'm like, I actually don't always like sitting around bullshitting, but I actually like, if I go to a party, I'm actually pretty comfortable, like doing the prep work, the cleanup, working the grill. Yeah. Like I kind of like to be busy and I'm not the only person like that. There's some people that would love yeah. nothing more than to hang out for three days and be the security or be the guy. Like some people are like me, like they would rather be behind the scenes running beers back and forth yeah. than like just standing there sitting down. And then some people would love nothing more than to sit in a chair and drink a beer. Right. So I think you're going to be surprised um, at when you put out, Hey, I'm looking for a couple of people who can help out. Well, already. Also, yeah. yeah. Already. By the way, just you're also going to get people. some people that say, sure, I'll help out. And then they're the world's biggest pots. And you're like, you know what? Can you just go sit, be one of the people that sits in a chair and drink? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you're absolutely going to get some some good volunteers. Yeah, oh for sure. And the DF Duke, the or DF Duke, the DFW crew up here is really good. And a lot of them are are volunteering to help out. Uh, and um, the guy, the guy who made mead, Agora Brewing, he's going to help out with some of the planning. Cotton, who I think you met, uh, he's going to help out with uh, some of the logistics. And there's, you know, what's cool too is like there's a lot of talented people that show up to that also. So. Uh, you know, Lev Polyakov did the design for the shirts this year, and I thought the design was really good. But I try to change up the person who does the design every year, and so there was. Dude, a couple I want of, one of the hats from last year really bad. The oh, the, the COVID on, edition I, ones. Yeah, the I survived or whatever. I love those. Yeah. I, I was. I'll, I'll I was send you one. I'll send you I'll one. I got. I got some extras. I will, I will wear one of those. Those were fucking yeah. awesome. Oh, I'll, I'll, I've got a bunch of extra ones. I'll send. Please. I'll send you one. Yeah. No joke, um, please. They are cool. They're cool, and. um yeah, so I, there was some visual visual guys. There's a guy who does event planning out in Arizona that came, so he's gonna he's gonna give some pointers and tips and stuff like that. Because as it grows, it is gonna be a little bit more difficult to just kind of let it let it go on its own. And that so right. far has kind of been how it is. It's just you set it up and just let it go. And right. uh, so I think in the future it's gonna be a little All bit right. different. But let um, me, go, let me go with your in. ideas. Yeah. All right. So first idea, and I'm gonna work with uh, both Car 
and Birdman on this for next year. But I think as we go with the uh, Bilderberg spoofed theme, I think it's important for us to build our rituals. And I think the weirder that they look visually and the more ridiculous they are, so the more that people who are unfamiliar with us might over the course of time think that we're actually all getting together in the woods (laughs) every (laughs) 10 years. uh, I don't know, praise an owl or burn a kid, but we're definitely going to have to come up with some uh, some very set rituals that uh, we all adhere to as being very important. I think that that's yeah. going to be uh, okay. important for the long-term success of uh, Childerberg. Uh, the next one is I'm going to have to go for longer because it was uh, a little bit too quick and a little bit too much fun. So I think the way that we're going to do that to be cost-effective is that I will just camp the first night and hotel the second night so I can yeah. actually kind of be there for uh, for a full day, which, by the way, I'm, I, I know I don't come out. I'm a little bit of an introvert and I rarely want to be at places any longer than like, usually I want to perform and get the fuck out of there. So that's a tribute to how much fun it was. Yeah. Uh, good. And then the other thing is I do think for uh, the day after the standup, it's going to be worth getting a PA system and just, a, you, there's so much podcasting talent there. Yeah. Um, I actually think it's worthwhile and it doesn't have to be like sets at times, but I do think it's kind of worthwhile to publish a schedule of like, uh, run your mouth going on at this time. Scott's going to do this time. This person's going to do this time. And I think firstly, if you actually were to live stream it, uh, first you might be able to raise more funds for free Ross. Cause you could almost do it as like a free Ross fundraiser, like on the bottom, like donate, like on the live stream, donate to free Ross. Uh, also yeah. for people hanging out at the event, like if you know, like, Oh, this is my favorite podcast they're doing this time. It's easy to like go over there and then, you know, it's cool. Cause it goes in waves. Like you can be yeah. a newer podcast and you sit down, you're on that stage and all of a sudden no one's there. And then one person sits down, seven people sit down or you get on after a bigger show. So you keep 15 of their audience you end up walk. It yeah. doesn't matter. You just have to like be kind of cool to be like, Hey, I'm just running my podcast and people will come and go. Uh, but I do think that there's so much podcasting talent there and I know how much fun I had doing it. And I also learned because I was thinking about doing it at night and I do like late night drunk podcasts, but I, people are having fun. I don't, I don't like taking over the yeah. hang. Like everyone was having a good time. So there was no reason to like wrangle everyone to be like, all right, everyone, I'm making this about me. It's going to be my show now. Uh, so I think it's actually better as a, like a daytime activity, but for next year, PA system where we can plug into the board, stream it live. And then also the PA system means you can have more of an audience hanging out for it if they want to. Right. Uh, and there's so much talent hanging out. So I think that's going to be like, uh, firstly, that's going to be a pitch for you guys of uh, getting more people to show up and be like, hell yeah, I'll pay for this like as a ticket. Uh, right. And I also think it's it's fun for everybody. So it's a win-win. Yeah, I, th- I think that I think that's a good idea. That reminded me of another one that somebody suggested was to kind of get like a portable bulletin board set up so that yeah. people can kind of like pin what they want to do in their area up. So like one of one of the things that I had mentioned earlier was uh, we had a cook shanty there, which was like a catering team. They made like some awesome food. Um, Aches, uh, shout out to Aches, and uh, I think Bird, I think it was Aches and Bird came up with this burger called the the Fat Conkin. Okay, that's um, a great name. Yeah, yeah. Props and on the name. I would go to that restaurant, the Fat Conkin. Yeah, hell yeah. So well, the burger turned out to be awesome. Actually, it's like um, it's uh, bacon soaked in. Uh, beer oh yeah that wrong i was close yeah (laughs) close though soaked in beer with brown sugar and then that's fried up and then caramelized bananas um peanut uh, unsweetened peanut butter okay and then this all together on 
uh, those, you know, the Hawaiian rolls, those kind of like sweet rolls. Yeah, yeah, the sweet potato rolls, with, kind of with like yeah. a slider, like a slider burger, <clears throat> a slider type uh, hamburger okay. patty. Turn you're looking be- at a, you're looking at a real sweet salty operation. I don't hate yeah, it. Yeah, it sounds, exactly. Like, I can respect what's going on there. Turned out to be awesome and really delicious. It was like, and uh, kind of like going in, I was like, I don't know about this. This seems kind of weird. Now being but- drunk, that's like, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, everybody liked that. They also made some biscuits and gravy one morning, which was, you know, good South- Southern comfort food. And it was, and they did a really good job on it. Um, they made a, uh, a jambalaya uh, one night. Um I'm trying to think of the other stuff that they made, but they made a lot of really good food. It was, it was excellent. Uh, and then we had just other people also kind of like just bring their food. Like, um, I think his name is, a uh, year zero, I think on Twitter, he and his wife, uh, his wife's South African. So they made this like special South African beef jerky, uh, called like billeton or something like that. Um, and it was, uh, really good so like that's those are the types of things that you could like put up on the bulletin board be like hey this is going to be available at campsite 30 or 34 or whatever at this time come by and try it out um and then people can kind of like go like if they're you know don't have anything specific to do they just kind of go look on oh this is going on over there let's go check that out um and then same thing like putting on um so i had these signs in front of all of our campsites that said Childerberg on them with like a logo from either Childerberg one, two or three. And so next year we'll do the same thing, but we'll add on the logo for Childerberg four. But I was thinking on the back, we would get like a laminated uh, map of the campground taped onto it. And then just like some like general information about things that we know are going to go on ahead of time and when, so that people can kind of just, as they're wandering around, they can kind of see on the back where they are and where, uh, you know, by the way, where the, different things are a published schedule beforehand of yeah. the specific performance times with the ticket link is yeah. going to is going to get a lot more people to show up because, by the way, it could be that we're attracting the coolest people right now because they're the fucking freaks that like we're like, oh, you're just drinking out in the woods. All right, I'll just go drink out of the woods. Yeah. But there's definitely a different category of person that needs a little bit more to feel comfortable to be like, yeah, yeah. yeah OK, I'll go do that. Well, I think that was a great suggestion that you had because A, it helped us raise a lot more money and B, uh, there was a lot of people who I think who didn't realize what was going on. And so when I had the tickets to the show up, they were like, oh, there's a show. And yeah. and then that made them want to come out. And uh, some of them were just like, oh, I'm just going to come that night and camp with you guys to save money on a hotel. And then they end up staying the next day too, um, which worked out fine. And uh, so like th- things like that, I think there are like a certain number of people where especially if they're new to it and they don't know anything about it, it's it seems kind of weird to just go out into the woods and hang out you know it's it's the type of thing i would do but it was it would it's not for everybody Goldberg, not everybody dude. would do that yeah All right. yeah exactly i am uh i i'm I, I mean unless something happens i'm in for next year cool. i expect to be there more days we'll have to work out some arrangements so that we can make it all viable but um yeah. i i dude I, I was honored last year that you guys reached out and said Hey, if you'll do stand up by the campfire, we'll pay to get you down here. And since I like all you guys, I was like, all right, that yeah. I mean, I'll do it. Cool. Uh, and I, 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 as a guy who's like not a flaker, it broke my heart that I couldn't show up last year. But it was because yeah, I, yeah. was, I was in my parents. If I was not right. in my parents' house, I wasn't. I, it's not like I cared about COVID. Well, I was just it, respecting it, it, their yeah, shit. Last year, last year was tough because I had a hundred people signed up to go last year, and I had you, I had Nikki P. Uh, I had, uh, I think Mark Claren, Brian McWilliams were going to go, they were going to do some of their like amateur stand up as well. And, um, 
a couple of other people. I don't remember who else was going to, were going to come out. They were just, I, what my plan was, I was just going to get a flatbed truck and just park it. And everybody would just get up on the flatbed truck and I'd have like a little mini PA system and that's how we would do it. Um, but we got kicked out of that campground. Then we got kicked out of my backup campground. Then we got back kicked out of my backup, backup campground. And I had, I had to like scramble to find anything. And this was the only one that was open, but this campsite turned out to be awesome. And uh, then we discovered the distillery that year too. And the distillery is really cool. And the people who own it are really neat too. Uh, and they, they, they appreciated the show. Uh, it, you know, it takes a little bit of work off of them. I, at first they were very nervous about it because they didn't know what to expect. But then when they started seeing, you know, busload after busload of people unloading and they were like, right. Oh, they're like business. dollar signs. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, things worked out. We actually, that's one of the other stories I want to tell. It was, I think it's everybody's highlights on a bajillion podcast at this point, because it's the legend of, uh, keys locked in car guy or a uh, grill, grill as we've, uh, deemed him. But this dude who just was camping nearby, locked his keys in his car. I guess he had like a hatchback and he was camping in the back, but he was kind of an older dude, maybe in his fifties or something. And, um, so he's having like a hard time, like reaching out and closing his hatch so he decided he would close the hatch from the outside and then go around to the front and get in and then crawl into the back and go to sleep. But he closed the hatch and locked, locked his car. <laughs> so uh, he kind of wandered out into someone's tent and raped them. Well, almost. <laughs> but uh, he wandered over to us and he was like, hey, guys, like I locked I locked my keys in the car. Uh, can any of you like help me break into the car? And I and I was like. Well, somebody around here probably can. <laughs> so, so go ask around, ask around as a bunch of anarchists, but uh, nobody could. Nobody knew how to get in. They right. just did kind of the dude thing and just kind of like stood around the car and was like, ooh, ooh. That's actually really funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so he came back and he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. He tried calling AAA, but he, they weren't able to get out and stuff like that. And I was like, well, you know, I, so I always bring extra, I bring 10 tents and 10 sleeping bags just so in case people need them. And so I was like, well, I've got, I've got extras. So like, why don't we just put one up for you and you just sleep in there? And he's like, Oh, thank Thank you. Thank you. Like I'll, I'll come back tomorrow. I'll bring you guys extra beers. I'll bring you ice and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's fine. Whatever. Um, you know, and also we got a show tomorrow. Why don't you come out to the show? That, that'd be fun. He was, he's like, well, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to go out on the lake with my friends, but like, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I will or whatever. And I was like, okay. You know, he woke up in the morning, thanked us left. And I was like, okay, we probably won't see him again. And, uh, Sure enough, I was waiting for kind of like getting getting the van to come down so I could like greet people and send them to get drinks. And um, he pulls up, walks in. He's nice. like, hey, I'm here for the show. And I was yeah. like, all right, man, cool, cool. And like, so he came in. He had a great time. He thought the comedy was hilarious. He loved the music. And then, um, and I was like, okay, that's probably it. We probably won't see him again. And um, so then he, I, I, did I dox him? I hope I didn't. I didn't say his real name, did I? Okay, good, good. Uh so later on, he drive. He I see him again. He drives up and he's like, "Hey, I got the beers that I promised you guys, and I bought a bunch of uh, of ice too. So uh, can I like fill up some stuff?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm sure there's some coolers that need to be filled up." And you know, granted, we had so much beer. It was right. like I it's I came home. Sorry, but you're yeah, not gonna be like, was, "Hey, we don't need your stupid beers, you old fuck." Right? Yeah, exactly. But like we had and and I came back with a cooler plus three cases of beer and I went there with one case of beer. So hell yeah. Uh, so Return, like I returns on your beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so he's, so he goes, Hey, Hey, but like, I want to ask you something, but I, I want it to kind of be like on the DL. And I was like, Oh yeah. What's up? Like, I thought he's going to be like, I'm not a libertarian. Is that okay if I'm here and stuff? But he's not, he's like, look, they, they drug test me for marijuana at work. I was like, Oh, 
okay. And he's like, and I thought maybe then he's going to be like, well, can people like not smoke marijuana around me? And he's like, but they don't drug test me for mushrooms. Nice. And, and I was like, Oh, I see what you're saying. And, and he goes, yeah. Like, do you guys have any like mushrooms here? And I was like, well, given the people, Go ask around. <laughs> and so you know, I, I had to leave to go do something else something at a different campsite. Apparently, like he gets out of his car, unloads the beer, unloads the ice, and just starts walking around going, does anybody have mushrooms? <laughs> hey, it works for me, so I can't hate on yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah. And then like, so he takes the mushrooms and then uh, they're making the fat conkins. And apparently he has got like grilling experience or something. Uh, he either he has a food truck or he's uh buying a food a truck. Rando, dude. Yeah, this dude's cool. He, he was so cool. Uh, and he's like, hey, I know how to like work a grill. Uh, can I like, you know, I want to pay you guys back or whatever. And they're like, well, I mean, you can, you know, work the burgers, I guess. And uh, he's just he's sitting there with like forty burgers, like and flipping them. So good. Yeah. At it. Oh, and he was. He was great. All the burgers were good. He's high as fuck on mushrooms and drinking beer the entire time. Oh, that guy's and, a fucking oh, keeper. Yeah, he's a legend. Next year is Childerberg Chef. Uh, we, I think we're gonna get him back. He gave me his phone number, so I Childer texted chef. him. Yeah, Chill the Chef. Yeah, we 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 uh, deemed him Grillberg. So that's not bad, Grillberg. Yeah, that's a Grillberg. better name. Yeah. Who came up with that? I hate them. They're uh, more creative than me. Either Carr or Rollo. One, one of those right. two. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, he's just Grillberg. But he gave me his number. I texted him. I was like, Hey, man, it was really cool to see you. Uh, you know, are you on Twitter? And he's like, no. So I was like, okay, give me your email and I'll make sure that you're added to the newsletter so that as, as we get the, uh, more information out, you'll get it also. So that was also like a really good highlight. And then I'll tell you when I was driving you and Kyle back to the hotel, uh, Kyle was fucked up, <laughs> but hilarious. I don't and, remember uh, that car ride all that well. So yeah. you, you, I, you were, you me. were like, you were quiet, but we were, I oh, yeah, I'm not surprised we were, by that. Yeah. We were, I don't remember what we were talking about, but we got onto Cadbury cream eggs and, and you were like, uh, you said something like, oh, are those full of, uh, cum? And I was like, I was like, well, they taste good. So they must be. And, and you two laughed. I was like, yes, I made comedians laugh. <laughs> so that was, that was the other great highlight. <laughs> okay. I, uh, well, it's, I'm happy you reminded me of that because, I remember that we took a car ride. I didn't remember any specific <laughs> conversation from it. Yeah. Uh, you, both you and Kyle, by that, by like one o'clock, were fucked up. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty quick to make a cum joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't think I was that out of my element. I thought I was uh, riding the wave pretty good, but I guess no. Maybe both that you was were. More both you were. Up. Yeah. I, I, mean, I came to find you at 12:45 and said we're 15 yeah. minutes away from extraction time. <laughs> yep. And yeah, exactly. And and I got I grabbed the van and we went back and Kyle was just like lunatic mode. It was great. Oh, God bless. Well, yeah. I I I can't uh I can't hate on him cuz I don't even remember that. So <laughs> No, it, it was no, it was like lunatic mode but good. Like he okay. was just like so happy like hang, like hugging everybody the like vibes, laughing. Dude. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. It was just a great time. All right. Well, next year we're going to do it bigger, dude. Yeah. Yep. I'll keep you in the loop and I'm going to ask you for some advice because uh, you've gave, given me some very valuable advice for this year already. No, we're going to we're going to do it big. And I think the legend's only growing. And I also yeah. think as uh, all of us are podcasting more individually, we're going to have bigger audiences. So I think yeah. uh, I think we almost I, I wouldn't be surprised if we sell out your campsites next year and we're like a little bit surprised by like, oh, shit. Yeah. 
Oh, speaking of selling out the campsites, uh, so one thing that also was suggested this year, and we're probably going to do it for next year, is we're probably going to get a house or two nearby from Airbnb. Uh, um, so I, I know there's like a lot of people who don't like to camp. Uh, it's a little bit cheaper, I think, if we get an Airbnb and just kind of split it up for people. So if you are interested but you're not a camper, uh, sign up for the newsletter on Childerberg.com anyways. And at some point, there will be Airbnb spaces probably available. Uh, and you can you can still hang out with the Childerberg people. It'll just be at a, ha- at a house for the evenings and, and then come back out to the campgrounds when, uh, when you want to hang out during the day. Smart. All right, we did it. Uh, why don't you plug yeah. your stuff? Tasting Anarchy, but give us a yeah. pitch. Uh, yeah, I mean, Childeberg.com. Uh, follow me at Childeberg for most of the updates. We do have a Facebook page. I'm going to update it a lot more this year. I, I really don't operate on Facebook very well, but uh, I'm going now that we're getting bigger. I know, and we pulled a huge Facebook crowd this year, which was bizarre because I never update the Facebook page. But we had like 30 people from Facebook, which was really cool. That's so weird. I never use Facebook in any yeah. capacity. Maybe I, gotta, maybe I got to get back over there. You know what weirds me out yeah. about Facebook is that I still have all of the parents, friend, religious crowd that like I don't want. I, I don't know why I'm still embarrassed of those people, but like yeah, I yeah. still don't really want them in the loop on what I'm doing. Whereas like yeah. the Twitter and Instagram are like new friends. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like Facebook kind of weirds me out. I don't I don't hang out there. Yeah. I don't like check on it that often. Yeah, neither, neither do I. And like we had actually we had like four Childeberg pages for some reason on Facebook. Uh, and I deleted all of them, but one. Right. And, um, but, uh, it's, uh, it's a, it's just it operates differently than Twitter. And it, I just was never very good at running, uh, Facebook stuff, but, um, Mason, my co-host on tasting anarchy, he's, he's running the Facebook page and he does a pretty good job on that. So he updates that every, every couple of weeks, uh, with just new information and stuff like that. Uh, there's not really a very active community on that page, so kind of join us over on Twitter. There's also a discord. If you want an invite to the Childeberg discord, uh, you can DM me on Twitter at Childeberg, uh, or you can email me, uh, tasting anarchy at gmail.com and I'll send you a, a discord link. Um, then that's really it. I mean, you can listen to my podcast, tasting anarchy. It's a, it's a podcast about wine. You've been on it. So, uh, we just talk about wine and, uh, how much government is in your drink is our tagline. So that's kind of the angle. So, All right. 